Hi, friend. Welcome to Holly's Highlights, a podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to intentionally live your life full of purpose. I'm your host, Holly Kirby, motivational speaker, leadership cultivator, marketing strategist, and personal cheerleader. Let's check out today's highlight. This episode brought to you by Rooted & Company. Are you looking at buying or selling a home? You'll want to work alongside someone you can trust who will treat you like family, and who will have your best interest at heart. That's why there's no better team to connect with than the team at Rooted & Company. Contact them for more information to schedule an appointment to list your home or start looking for one. Don't forget, they have the Heroes Next Door program too for all the police and fire and military teachers and even the healthcare providers. This saves you even more money. Now make sure to mention that you heard about them here on Holly's Highlights Podcast for a special gift, such as free home staging, COVID-19 cleaning for the home you're selling, or moving into, home warranty, or even a $500 gift card of your choice. That's awesome. Now get all these details when you reach out to them at rootedandcompany.com or by emailing connect at rootedandcompany.com or even give them a call 801-449-0602. Thank you, Rooted and Company, for making buying and selling a home so easy and enjoyable. Hello, my friend. I hope you had a wonderful Easter weekend. This year, it was our turn to host Easter lunch. So we had a home full of people and the whole Easter basket explosion going on and even a massive Easter egg hunt outside, both in the front yard and the backyard. But uh, it was just so much fun. Now, I should probably disclose here that the youngest involved in the hunt was my son, who's in middle school. But the other cousins range from high school and even college, but they loved it. Of course, I'm not sure who actually enjoys it more, though, all the cousins involved in this or me and my sister who put it together. But we have a great time nonetheless. So everyone just hanging out, enjoying each other's company, and of course, the fun conversations that happen. Now, perhaps around your Easter meal, the conversations may have been similar, or perhaps they were not as delightful. Well, this just might be a perfect segue into today's highlight, as we're going to be talking about having those tough conversations. Now, we've all been there where we have to deal with a conflict or issue that has come up. It was not too long ago where one of my kids had a conflict with another child. And when I reached out to the parent for help on getting the kids together and, you know, just helping them talk through their differences and and what was taking place and just how to, to work through it, I was shocked when the parent refused to work together. I truly couldn't comprehend the basic neglect of dealing with an issue. I I tried to come alongside this parent and assure them that I actually wanted to know where my child could have improved and basically take ownership of choices made. But the parent said that they would only back their child, that we should each back our own kids, and that talking it through, get this, would cause more conflict. What? (laughs) Well, whether people want to deal with it or not, we're all going to have to have tough conversations at one time or another. This might be in relationships, starting one, ending one. Of course, that's going to be tough. Maybe it's with a spouse or even a former spouse, family, dealing with in-laws, and of course, friendships, all of that in those relationships. Or maybe it's going to be at work, you know, hold someone accountable as a leader or confront inappropriate behavior or even giving feedback and just coaching someone, asking for a raise or a promotion. There's a lot that's going to have to be dealt with in that work environment. Then, of course, at home, 
If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about, dealing with kids' behaviors or discipline or even dealing with a neighbor. Have you ever put in a fence or had to deal with a tree that overhangs on a property line? Or maybe you live with roommates or you're having to set boundaries in your home as to who comes over. For kids coming over, language is a huge one for me. So setting that boundary there. So again, having some of those tough conversations within your own home. Or maybe it's even in a school setting, whether it be that you go to college, you're involved in school, or even your kids dealing with teachers and grades. I recall my daughter having a tough conversation with a teacher in middle school, and I was so proud of her for dealing with such a situation so maturely. It actually resulted in that teacher acknowledging his stubbornness and having more respect for her as a result of the whole tough conversation. But we are going to have to deal with tough conversations in life. Now, although there are many ways to respond to situations, such as freezing, where we just don't know what to do, or that fawning effect, where we just pretend all is okay and just agree to kind of go with the flow, the two main responses that we often see are flight or fight response. Now, flight is where we avoid it. We're going to ignore it. We're going to run away from it. We're not going to deal with it. Or the fight, where we can often come across attacking and aggressive. But what if we tried another option? Simply put, to handle the conversation well. You know, helping lead that conversation with each person involved, still having their dignity and respect shown for each other, and of course, hopefully, a resolution. But the dilemma often comes in how do we do that? So many people fear these tough conversations because they don't even know how to have them, whether it be at home, at work, at school, or just everyday relationships. So we're going to go through five tips to have this win-win conversation as an outcome. That first tip, that first thing in dealing with a tough conversation, we've got to let the cooler heads prevail. We've got to calm down and get our emotions in check. Maybe this is taking a walk if you need to. You know, it's okay to even sleep on it. Often we tend to think we have to have a sudden immediate response to things, whether we're in a meeting or via an email, maybe we received an email from someone or even a text message that we got. These are often those knee-jerk reactions when what is really more helpful is to calm ourselves down and refocus on the facts. Give yourself permission to vocalize in that meeting that you all just need to table the issue or revisit it at another time, or take a moment to step away to cool down, or even that you'll need to to get back to them, letting someone know by text, by the meeting, by uh, giving them a phone call, whatever it needs to be that just, hey, you know, I'll have to get back to you on this. We have a simple prayer in our family on this one that simply goes, Lord, may the wise person show up and not the foolish. So an easy application on this one would be not to write that email or that text or even make that phone call when you're angry, when you're hungry, when you're tired. Give yourself permission to put it on pause and wait for the timing. Number two, seek a win-win outcome. Now, this might seem kind of mindless that everyone would want a win-win outcome, but that's not the, the fact. What's the purpose of the conversation that you're about to have? And what would that win-win look like? Basically, what do you want to get from this conversation you're going to be having? Now, I, I don't know about you, but I can easily chase squirrels in my conversations. I get sidetracked very, very easily. So making sure you're getting to the heart of the matter is very important. 
What are you really wanting to accomplish? What does that end result look like to you? As odd as it may sound, actually setting a goal as to what this win-win looks like can be very helpful. This can include what you don't want for the outcome to be also. That can be helpful or what you don't want to be a part of the conversation. Now, keep in mind when trying to have a win-win outcome, you may have to give a little. This is that word that we often don't like. It's called compromise. (laughs) Now, I once heard someone say of tough conversations, let the other person leave with their dignity. Let me say that again. In a tough conversation, a goal you can set for yourself is to let the other person leave with their dignity. That means you're going to show them respect in that conversation as well. Now, a suggestion to apply to this step of seeking a win-win outcome to your next conversation is to repeat to the other person what you think you heard or understand the other person to be saying. This helps provide clarity and basically make sure you're both on the same page. You know, so often people can hear something that wasn't even said. So not just a, do you have any questions or does that make sense? Or even do you agree? But an actual, so this is what I hear you saying. Or would you repeat back to me what you got from that just to make sure we're on the same page? But just making sure that you truly are hearing what the other person is saying, not hearing what you think that they're saying. Number three, be open to perspectives. Remember, everyone has a story that you know nothing about. So look for areas to show empathy. There's opportunities to look at things from another person's perspective, from their side or view as much as possible. And try to have an openness going into that conversation as if you're going to learn something new. You know that growth mindset that we talk a lot about? As my high school English teacher used to say, to assume, so A-S-S-U-M-E, to assume you know the other person's view or side of the story is to make an ass out of you and me. Now, if you spell out assume, you'll understand how that one works. A challenge from this perspective aspect can also taking or include that taking of ownership. What could you have done differently? Where can you learn and grow from this yourself and choices that you make and situations handled and even apologize? Yes, apologize when and where that's needed. Now, don't confuse with perspective, though, uh, with telling your story. Absolutely share your story, your view on the topic. But it is to be mindful and open to acknowledging that they also have a story, that they also have a perspective or a view on the issue. When truly giving each other opportunity to share the varying perspectives, Those involved will be more apt to work collaboratively on testing out a solution. And in that case, try being open to connecting with Burbage, such as, uh, what if we tried fill in the blank? Or I'd love to hear what you think about this. Or what if fill in the blank there? So again, having that open dialogue in what this could look like. Now, if you want to stay ahead of issues such as perspectives, try sitting down with those in your circle or those close to you, those that you deal with, maybe at work, home, whatever it might be, and asking them, what's it like being on the other side of me? Meaning, how do you come across to others? This may indeed help you in pre-addressing some issues before they even grow into such tough conversations. Number four, 
watch our cues. While having any conversation, we can be aware of cues such as our tones and our verbiage. Are they respectful versus sassy? Are we avoiding attacking statements such as you? Are we making sure we use the word and instead of but? Avoid labeling, which can come across attacking and and really get defenses going on on the conversation. Or maybe checking our tones of if we are trying to be controlling in any way. Making sure you aren't masking your own feelings, so not being passive in the conversation. Or maybe even withdrawing to where you avoid the issues altogether. Remember, we can soften our tone and even our words used, which will help reduce that defensiveness, such as, I'm beginning to feel fill in the blank. Or perhaps if we thought, that thought, or it's starting to look like watching our tones and verbiage. Now, this also can include our body language. Are our arms crossed in front of our chest or by our side? So where we're open and receptive in appearance. Are our feet turned away from the person or are they facing toward the person that we're talking with? Basically being open and receptive. And of course, making eye contact goes a long way here. This shows the respect and builds a trust with the people that you're talking with. Now, feel free to check out season two. I'm not exactly sure which episode it was, but here on Holly's Highlights, we had some tips or a whole episode regarding what does your body language say about us. So feel free to check that out for more tips and and tricks, so to say, in this specific area. Now, number five is listen. My dad has always told us kids, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen more than you speak. Now, the challenge when listening is is not thinking of what you're going to say next, but truly listening to what the other person is saying. Listening is vital for many reasons. I was once in a confrontation meeting where the guy went off on me for a few minutes and really said some mean things. And I simply listened, respectfully just sat there and listened. And then when he was finished going off on his little rant, I just asked him, do you feel better now? And it wasn't a sassy comeback or argumentative statement. It was it was genuine of, wow, that was so much he had going on. Do you feel better now? Now, the mediator couldn't believe how this, this guy had just reacted. And this he had thought so highly of, of this person that we were working with. But also, it was this other guy that, that went off on me. He felt pretty stupid. So you have the guy, the mediator, who's sitting there going, oh my gosh, this guy looks so foolish and immature. But the guy himself who went off, he just felt pretty stupid afterwards too for basically letting his emotions get away from him and in front of a third party too, someone who highly had highly respected him. Yeah, don't underestimate the power of just listening. Now, If you want some added help in this area, I would suggest writing out James 1.19 and memorize it to help you going into future tough conversations. And that is James 1.19 says that everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Writing that down, memorizing it just might help you in those future conversations to apply being quick to listen and slow to speak and therefore slow to become angry. As we come to the conclusion of such tough conversations, again, letting cooler heads prevail, 
seeking win-win, being open to perspectives, watching our cues and listening, there is no doubt that there will be some decision-making involved, and those often fall into one of four categories. The first one is command. So you decide, or you leave it up to your boss to decide, or maybe a group or a governing body to decide. We saw this during the pandemic with schools. Do we homeschool or send it to school? So we decide on what happens. Or if you left it up to the district to hear if they're having in-person school or, or not, then you're waiting for a command decision from them. So just being told what to do. So that's the command. Then there's the consult type of decision, the, the asking for input before deciding. Uh, a lot of parenting is done this way when mom and dad talk about a situation or when leaders consult with their board or consultant. So your dad and I will talk about it and let you know. Or we'll discuss this at the next director meeting and keep you posted. So the the consult. Then there is the all familiar vote. And this works really well when people are more in alignment and just figuring out the best option. So for me and my kids, I might do a, hey, we're going to go out to dinner. The most votes win for the place that we're going to go to. So a voting. And last but not least is the consensus. So everyone has to be on the same page. This is another one I do with my kids when we try to figure out a trip, our family vacation. I'm not going to tell the kids where we're going. I'll consult or do research on options, but then we may vote on what type of trip, but ultimately we're going to talk through and really come to a consensus of where all of us want to go. One place that we can all agree on. So not persuading or guilting or acting like we're the martyr in the decision, but talking it through until all truly are on the same page. Now, of course, this is where action items are going to come into play. What decision did we come to? Who's responsible for further action? What and by when? Any follow-up needed from this conversation and the action that we're coming into alignment with? How are we going to handle such disagreements in the future even? As a saying that sits in my dad's home goes, you can't fix stupid. And fortunately, sometimes we will have tough conversations that truly are going nowhere. And therefore, for our sanity and everyone's safety, probably, like the story I shared at the beginning, there will be times where the appropriate action is to simply drop it. Now, my child and their friend, they still play together, but I realized that household and mine have completely different priorities as to how we raise our children to deal with conflict. So there are some boundaries I've set as a result of this interaction in order to safeguard and and protect and yet still show respect. There are also some conversations where you'll want to pick your battles. And on the other hand, I will encourage you with knowing that putting forth the hard work of having these tough conversations can pay off. That same child has another friend with whom they had an issue before, and yet those parents were awesome when I asked them to get our kids together to chat. In fact, we nailed that tough conversation, and the kids came out better for it as they learned how to handle their disagreements and deal with such issues in a healthy manner. It also unified me and the parents and built our own friendship with a solid foundation of trust and mutual respect. Now, of course, all of this discussed today is just the tip of the iceberg, as there are other components of having tough conversations, such as speaking truth and love showing grace and extending forgiveness when and where needed, even a biblical process of dealing with conflict, such as Matthew 18, 15 through 17 tells us, deal with it one-on-one, 
taking someone with you if you need to, and then taking issues before the church. And it kind of goes on from there. Feel free to check that out. Matthew 18, 15 through 17. Now, if you'd like to work more on having tough conversations, perhaps as a leader in the workplace or as a leader of a volunteers with nonprofits or even building upon your own personal growth, I would love to connect with you for some coaching, whether it be a one-hour consulting or even a monthly or bi-weekly coaching call. Just go online to hollykirby.com and click on work with me, or you can email me at contact at hollykirby.com. Now, I get that many don't like dealing with conflict or having these tough conversations, but if you don't face your giants, they only get bigger. And hopefully through some intentional effort in this area, you'll be able to walk away from these tough conversations feeling productive and strengthening the relationship and even providing a framework for better communication with those you come into contact with throughout your life. And as well-known speaker Peter Bromberg said, when we avoid difficult conversations, we trade short-term discomfort for long-term dysfunction. Oh, friend, be brave enough to start a conversation that matters, no matter how tough that conversation may feel. Thank you for joining me on this journey of life. I hope that today's highlight has been encouraging, inspiring, and equipping so you can go out and live your life full of purpose. I'd be honored if you'd take a moment to leave a review, or better yet, subscribe. We can also stay in touch by joining my email list at hollykirby.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-C-U-R-B-Y dot com. Until next time, make it a great day for a great day.